0: good okay so we're back again um it's myself keith and matt say hi matt yo and we're here with sophie hollingdale say hi sophie
1: hello
0: okay so sophie um is an old friend of ours who's also a fitness model personal trainer uh and you do a little bit of work with adidas running club yeah yeah what else do we need to know about you what's where did we grow
2: up what's your grew up in london um, background of sport is gymnastics, sprinting, <clears throat> um, and now I live here on a PT here.
0: PT here. Yeah. So um, you're sort of the reason why we had this. What I reached out to you was recently, and we'll get to this in a bit more detail a little bit later. But recently, you had a an Instagram post that was quite uh, risque. Well, no, it's quite revealing yes. in, from the psychology side. Yeah. So, um, I thought it's a pretty interesting thing that, uh, not a lot of people think about when they see, uh, fitness models post up their photographs online. So I thought we'd ask you to come along and delve a little bit more, um, detail into it. So do you want to just frame it for people?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, the picture itself, I was really a bit uncomfortable posting it, but the meaning behind the post was more what I wanted to get across. Um, And I really was not expecting a response like I got. Um, I was completely overwhelmed with the response, but I just wanted to catch people's, people's attention and explain my thoughts on the fitness industry and how it is really damaging, and it can be really damaging. And why I got into fitness and the real reasons that I enjoy fitness and I do what I do rather than what I often see every day on social media. People, I don't know, I just don't feel like people are enjoying fitness and getting into fitness modeling specifically for the enjoyment of it. Mm. It's more, I want to do this because I want to get myself up on stage and I want to prance around in a pair of heels and get the attention from that side of it rather than the process. Of. So
0: just tell me what the photograph looked like. like. What was the photo and then what did you sort of, what was your general text that you put along with it?
2: So the photo is pretty much me naked covering my top half, um, but completely deflated. Um, body fat is minimal. and Do
1: you know what it was? Did you get it I tested? don't
2: actually know, no. But it was <clears throat> the leanest that I've been, mm. um, maybe bar once but i was really lean and the <clears throat> the idea behind it was or well when i took that photo i looked in the mirror and thought i was fat right and which is the most ridiculous thing it really is because i wasn't i was
1: oh yeah skinny as hell so, so yeah. skinny well, so f- what was your weight did you know that um
2: that one i think it was 51
0: 51, 51. so then just for anybody listening now um, where can people see the photograph if they go to Instagram now while they're listening what's your Instagram
2: handle um Fit.
0: okay just if anyone's listening, they can check that out there um so carry on then so you took it the night the night before
2: the night before so I was halfway through my dehydration stage so I was even more skinny so
0: what's the dehydration phase
2: um so
0: so let's go back a bit more yeah You've got your competition happening in Miami. Was that Miami? No, that was WBFF. Which, well, okay, so you've got your WBFF thing. You know it's happening on this date.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's say it's uh, six months away from now.
2: Right, yeah. What
0: does the six months in the run-up to one of those competitions look like?
2: Um, <clears throat> so six months is 100% commitment every single day to diet, um, cardio, and weight training. Um, in a calorie deficit Um, on this particular occasion I had one cheap meal for that whole prep what was it? I don't know I can't believe I don't even know that it was probably pizza pizza's my (laughs) favourite but so the prep is actually 12 weeks I think this one was 14 weeks so yeah 100% commitment um, calorie deficit and I think I was on uh, 1100 calories
0: Nice and you're and trying to train it down to
2: nine hundred about three or four weeks into
0: it. And you're trying to train twice a day.
2: Train twice a day. So I was doing an hour of cardio and a weight session.
1: Jesus.
2: It was the hardest prep I've ever done mm-hmm. out of my one, two, three, four, five. Um
0: why was it the hardest one?
2: Because I I just, I don't know, I felt like I needed to push myself harder. You get into this mindset where you're just like, you're not doing, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough and push yourself and I, I got halfway through it and, um,
0: forget that, that's just a doorbell. Sure you don't <laughs> either, <laughs> No. Yeah, no, the no. carry on. Um, right, you carry, you, I'll just see that. <laughs> keep going, with that <laughs> keep going. On. Um,
2: so I got halfway through my prep, and again I was just in this mindset. This was my worst prep so far because I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I wasn't ever happy. Mm. I was just always wanting to push myself harder, even though I was doing enough. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I think halfway through I got to the point where um, it, it was just going downhill. It just wasn't a good prep. And then when I got to this point, I was thinking got to the night yeah. before I was thinking I was fat and
1: right.
2: for me going on stage before that that particular prep had always been I was so excited about the process like the you have to think like 12 weeks of prep the 10 minutes that you're on stage is literally 10 minutes mm. of however many minutes and hours of prep you've done for the 12 weeks yeah, for sure. and um, that yeah I feel like you have really—if you want to get on stage, you really have to enjoy that process because yeah. it's the glam and the glitz of it is literally a minute percentage of it.
1: Yeah, and it's tough, like standing there posing and smiling—you and yeah. just want to die, right? Yeah. Yeah, bodybuilding is an interesting one in that sense because I'm back. Sorry. Um, Whereas, let's say you had a sprinter, for instance, uh, there's like a very kind of clear and easy way of measuring progress in the sense that I'm running faster than I did last year. Mm-hmm. And normally, in order to do that, there's, like, a, you become more powerful, and you become stronger, and you become leaner, and whatever else, right? Yeah. But there's, like, a, almost like a, you become healthier in order to achieve the goal, whereas in bodybuilding, and I guess in the figure world as well, you're getting better. Like, you're already hitting the extremes with every show. So, in order for you to get better for the next show, you're almost out to then push it into that unhealthy zone. Exactly, you know, yeah. Which is, yeah, it must be exhausting. Mm-hmm. So... You were on 1,100 calories for the first sort of couple of months, and then it dropped down to 900, mm-hmm. and then running into the show, what's the dehydration process thing? Because that, that fucks everybody up, even like fighters and stuff as well, like trying to dehydrate to make... Why it do you, you want to dehydrate?
2: Um, so you dehydrate so that you, well, you to take all the water out of your body, so when you carb up, um, your skin has a tightening effect on the plumped up muscle, that mm. makes sense. Um, so you're you trying to dehydrate
0: fuller. the water out of your skin?
2: Yeah, and you look fuller when you when you carb up.
0: Okay, so you're running into the event with no carbs?
2: Uh, coming up to it, yeah, but then on the day you carb up.
0: So what does the dehydration stage look like?
2: So <clears throat> about three days before, you cut your water um, by a litre each day. This is how I did it. So, I was on six litres of water right. um, leading up to it. Then, on the third day out, drop it by a litre and a litre um, again. And then the night before, no water, um, a glass of wine. And, why? Um, just to dehydrate you even more. Oh, no.
1: Did you get smashed?
2: Do you know what? Obviously, <laughs> I That's
1: why you took that photo.
2: I'm <laughs> drunk. <laughs> Look at me. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm you? so it drunk. It does make you a little bit woozy, though. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um,
1: <laughs> walk around
0: just tipping on wine oh. in the hotel room yeah.
2: myself, like, what has my life come what to have I done? <laughs> um, so I think by that point I hadn't actually had my glass of wine Maybe I don't think I had but um, yeah then you don't drink anything that night then the next day it's like if you have to sips of like Lucozade, <laughs> so it's got sugar in it mm. um, maybe water but I just stay away from water and I have a shot of coffee which again dehydrates you for even coffee. more yeah sure um, and then it's carving up on the day so I'll have just before I go on stage I'll have like some skittles or um, some honey right um, and then the morning leading up to that before you go on stage is like potato right you
1: can stay in the morning for breakfast yeah so let's you get a hell of a head rush from those skittles
2: oh yeah you're like buzzing it's buzzing yeah not wait to go on stage yeah
1: um, and by this point you, you can sort of get tanned up On the day And do all that sort of stuff Tanned right? the
2: night before Right okay. <clears throat> And then If you need it You have a top up in the morning
1: okay? Yeah sure And the tan is to just
0: make What The contrast Stand out more
2: Yeah When you're on stage Obviously you've got Like a million lights on you So if you aren't tanned You just look really pale But Being more tanned You look um, More Sort of Muscular and toned mm-hmm. anyway
0: Well I suppose You've got the white Lights reflecting off The darker surface Which shows more Yeah
2: yeah, even even,
0: uh, even black people tan up, don't they? They put more and more on. Um, I used to live with a bodybuilder who in his early stages, sort of maybe juniors or whatever, but he, his dehydration phase was the opposite to what you've described. He used to drink liters and liters and liters of water in the four or five days before in a bid to increase his aldosterone levels. So the body naturally produces a hormone uh, that controls your water regulation. So when you want to uh, excrete water, mm. your body uses this hormone to excrete water. So what, they, what his objective was, he spikes the amount of water that he drinks by a huge amount. Like he was drinking like four, maybe I want to say eight liters a day, which was a lot. Like he, he yeah. was like, you can't be, you can't not be near a bathroom because you just have to go. But then what happens is so the the more and more water your body reads, the more and more of this hormone it produces itself. And then 24 hours before the event, you stop drinking water. So there's no more water coming in, but your body is still producing this hormone. So now your body, the hormone starts searching for water in your cells and in your skin and in whatever you've described. And then it just sucks it all out. Mm. And you just spend the whole day just going to the bathroom, just trying to get rid of
1: it. I can imagine that's a much more traumatic process. Well, it doesn't sound like any of it's one traumatic but like one's very acute the other one's we're going to slowly bring this whole thing down yeah do you
2: know I think dehydration is the worst part of the whole whole
1: prep yeah Ah, there's a reason it kills you in a couple of days do you know
2: horrible
1: (laughs) and so what's happening then on stage so is it similar to the bodybuilding world where you're hitting certain poses at certain times and then you do your pose routine and all these things
2: Um, bodybuilding and um, bikini is very different Hmm. Um, bodybuilding is all about kind of making hitting these poses to flare certain muscles. Bikini is, as it says, the bikini body. So like yeah. the ideal bikini body. You do flex your quads and your shoulders and your glutes but um it's it's more of a feminine right, sort sure. of look. Um <clears throat> and I did I actually did that was bikini category that I did in that photo, but then I have done fitness before mm. um and my first ever show was trained figure and that one was I was flaring right. I was hitting poses to flare muscles more so than I was in my bikini category.
1: Sure. And so what are they judging? What's the difference in the judging, do you know?
2: So subjective. Yeah. Um and another reason I find I find it difficult. Yeah, that
0: must make it difficult when you don't know what
2: every judge is different. Every judge is looking for something that the other judge isn't. Um yeah. It's all down to personal preference.
0: That's crazy because uh, you're literally putting yourself on stage to be judged. Like, it's it's in the sentence. Like, you're going on stage and there's a judge looking and a judge is saying. And you don't win because of his opinion. So you get told, nope, not this year. But the girl
1: beside you who's what's the difference? Minimal. Like, a minimal difference. You've both gone through the same process. That's, That's sometimes you're there. Well, Just from you hearing that, there's kind of like an increase in danger there because if you have somebody who is kind of naturally curvier, presumably they're already going to have an an advantage at the start. So if you have somebody who's got smaller hips and they still want to go for the shape and all that, they're going to have to cut down even more to accentuate the hips. They
0: don't don't know that, do they? Because you don't know what the judge is thinking. Do you get told?
2: No, nothing. And specifically, well, different uh, federations are very secretive about what they're looking for. It's just, you know... Why?
0: To tell people what you yeah. want. Listen, big ass. Some people do
2: small hips. some people put a um, criteria of what they're looking for yeah. um, on the website and you get to see it before, but a lot don't and nowadays it is I mean from since when I did my first one to now, it's more about how you present yourself on stage on the day. Right. Rather than
0: And let's just be clear, this this is the category that's not the really big girls. This is the category that's the slim natural feminine
2: so you've got bikini which is that Um, fitness so that's
0: so that's sort of let's put this in line that's like the smoothest least muscular look is that right softer
2: look yeah Yeah. okay so that's what
0: that's the what bikini
2: bikini then fitness is slightly more muscular Mm -hmm. and then figure is very muscular Mm.
0: so figure is the one where people go oh my god that girl looks like she's not a girl
2: yeah
0: okay so just those three is there
2: yeah Yeah, I believe so. I mean, there are different like sort of subcategories. Like for instance, I did trained figure as my first one, which looking back on it in hindsight, that wasn't that wasn't the category for me. I wasn't muscular enough for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it depends on the federation. They'll have different categories and name their their categories different things. So it's very very dependent on the actual federation.
1: And with the, uh, the bikini stuff, would you still get people kind of taking, you know, gear and all these sorts of things as well? Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah, you can never get away from it. Huh? Uh,
2: f- like fat burners and stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: So where's your head at then? When the run up to the event, what's happening? What are you thinking?
2: Um, so for this one, the, the photo was very different to others that I've done. Um, what, um,
0: was that your first one was that your second one or your third that one? That was my
2: last one that I've done. That's, That's the last one you did, yeah? fifth one, Sorry. yeah. Um,
0: and that was the hardest, yeah?
2: It was the hardest. I think I. what happened was I just got sucked into um, thinking I should be looking a certain way that I wasn't and that really brought it down to earth for me because the reason I got into it in the first place, well, first of all, I never actually wanted to do it but my coach really, really encouraged me to do it because he thought I had... The right figure for it, the right shape. So I did it, and I loved it. But it was, it's always the prep that I love. I love pushing myself to those boundaries, and I love discipline and the training. Like it's not, it's not a chore for me. I love the training. But for this last one, it was just very different, and I realised that I was getting sucked into something that wasn't me. Um, and I just was comparing myself to other people and I just wanted to get out of it and that's why I put that post up because I was looking in the mirror and thinking oh my goodness I can't get on stage tomorrow I'm so overweight which is ridiculous mm. um, but it happens and the really scary thing is people don't speak about it yeah. I can like almost put it I can almost say that every single bikini girl has gone through a stage of thinking like that whether it be that extreme or not i don't know but um every single person i speak to about it that feels comfortable enough to go down that route says the same thing they think they're fat and then the the aftermath of it is that you've restricted yourself for so long you then eat everything in sight and you go completely the opposite direction because it messes up your metabolism Mm -hmm. you have to be really really strict it's almost harder coming out the back end of a show because you really you're allowed to be eating but if you want to kind of like not rebound you need to be really strict and that is the really tough bit
1: yeah Yeah. that's the same in a lot of sports like even uh, say rowers in the Olympics. You've been doing, like, say, two Olympic cycles, and then you decide to retire. Mm. You can't just stop. You have to go through another period of just detraining again because everything's just so heightened from all the training you have done that Mm. it's almost dangerous to. But that's. Yeah, what you're you're describing, though, is the physical, like, the pressure on your heart and lungs. Like, you need to downsize your training. Yeah, yeah, but it's all a product of the metabolism, right? I mean, all the processes within the body are at such a state, you know? A lot of what you're
0: describing is. Is the mental side of it that you're gonna, you're basically your metabolism not in a good shape. So if you don't, like with the rowers, if they don't uh, de train, well, I suppose it's kind of the same. But you're talking about a mental thing where your brain is just fried, and now you suddenly pile it on weight, and now your psychological
1: opinion of yourself is I used two days ago I would look like this and now I look like this but in the sense that if you've because you're almost starving yourself towards the end right you're on such a low calorie content that the second that food hits your body's like I'm just going to store this shit Mm -hmm. you know because I'm just like in panic mode now.
2: but also you like you have pushed yourself to those boundaries in terms of training as well and if you want to maintain that yeah you need to sort of do the same on the other side and take it down slightly whatever it is that you're trying to maintain Mm. it needs to be as strict or just lessening on the other side slightly.
0: Yeah, but you nearly can't do it without dying because you've got a drink. S- Sorry? You nearly can't do that without killing yourself because you can't get to that level of dehydration for any no, longer than course. a couple of days. Of course. Yeah. That,
2: that physique that you bring to stage is 100% not maintainable, yeah. not at all. Yeah. And th- I think that's that's what that's what really upsets me or frustrates me is that the perception of this figure is so is it's it's put on social media all the time as something that's normal mm. and it's not you're not you're bringing this figure to stage to show off muscles that you have carved out because of dehydration and it's not it's not maintainable it's yeah. not and people will put these pictures up and then others that haven't gone through this stage and don't know what you've gone to to get to this stage think that this is the ideal body and oh my gosh she looks like this I want to look like that but it's just it's not maintainable in any way
0: yeah so So what advice would you have for people thinking about it um, you
2: have to want to you have to realise that you are going to be pushing yourself to boundaries that you have to be okay with so training and diet but um, enjoy it don't do it if it's going to be a chore if it like yes that prep that I did was my toughest one but it's tough in a sense that I still enjoy it I still love pushing myself to those boundaries but then you have to I don't know just just enjoy the process yeah
1: yeah I mean with those sorts of sports like bodybuilding all of the physical like physical sports sorry um I've always found like it's probably the the toughest and I guess you can call it sport or something like that anyway, but it's definitely the the toughest out there because it is a 24 7 thing, but it has this sort of filter where you just if you don't want it badly enough, you would just kind of give up straight away like there's there's very um kind of physiological sort of alterations in your mood because you are like starving yourself to a certain extent dehydrating that you just couldn't do it unless it, there was that will beforehand you know mm-hmm. it's not like you can just kind of plug your way through it and hope for the best but how do you know where that will come? does that will come from because you love training
0: or does that will come from because you want the attention that you have this body and you, you know you, you've got the envy of these other women and you mm-hmm. want to do that so you that's what I worry about when I see people going up on stage it's like you're literally putting your self esteem on the line because mm-hmm. you're being judged there's yeah. people and they're called judges they're there <laughs> to judge you and you are going am I good enough looking this way, if I, from this angle, am I good enough? From, they're scrutinizing your every centimeter, your every millimeter. Like, how do you have the brain, I don't have the, the, the self-esteem to go, yep, judge me, and mm. then have, have you spent what, four, what do you say, 14 weeks? Three and a half months running up to this, everything has been about this your diet, your sleep, your supplements, your the temptation you get in the shop walking past the sweet but rack. Right, like, you see, you go out for dinner, you have to be the difficult person who's not able to eat that. Like, and then you get told, Nope, no, nope. you I failed. You look shit, you <laughs> failed. You did your you did your 14 weeks, and this girl has a nicer, uh abdominal linear alba line so better look next year do,
1: do you see what the judges put
2: uh, for some federations you do for some you don't
1: yeah that must be a mind fight. Mm. sorry the whole thing it's must, must too be too small try again next year yeah what do they say
0: on the thing on the list what, what was your, what's your feedback
2: didn't get any feedback for the past two shows that I did the last two shows but actually, and are you happy
0: about that or would you are you like well why not
2: i think i've actually built up like an exterior the more that i've done it i just for me it's it's a personal achievement anyway getting up on stage um and i don't i i was i didn't really care
0: yeah well you didn't care why not
2: no i didn't really care what they had to say afterwards i was happy with my place and that was it drink I wanted, time, <laughs> I, wanted I wanted to. Drink, I wanted to I
1: didn't give a shit.
2: Yeah, but then interestingly, on my first ever show, which was the one that I was leaner than that last one that I did, right. um, I did get feedback for that one, and they said that I wasn't, um, I wasn't prepared enough, or I was ill prepared. Which, looking back on it, I was I was really upset by. Mm. But then, as I went through the years of competing. It didn't. It didn't bother me because I know that I had put 100% effort into that prep, and I wasn't ill prepared. I was prepared because I prepared myself. It's just their 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 wording, maybe, <clears throat> and their perception of what I looked like made them think I was ill prepared. Mm. But that's not the case. I was 100% prepared for yeah. that. I did all the steps that I needed to do, and I bought the best figure that I could to stage at that time in my life mm. so I think if you let the wording or whatever they have to say get to you too much yes it can be kind of destroying soul destroying you almost
1: need like a sports psychologist along with you, you yes, know, every step of the sure, way for
2: sure yeah
1: just so you can handle like the sorts of emotions and things mm. um, but when you when you just gone, on what are you going to say
2: I just think you have to do it you do it for yourself yeah you don't do it for anyone else mm-hmm. like you're putting in this effort you're um bringing this figure to stage, it's it's all you, Yeah, do it for yourself don't do it for anyone else, don't do it for which unfortunately now I think people are doing it for the attention and the social media or Instagram fame that they get from it
1: It's a powerful uh, thing to get, you know, validation that's uh, addictive.
2: People feel they need this validation and they're going to get it from a show and mm. um, yeah
0: What are the positives from it? Because I mean aside from the short-term dehydration and the carb loading, like over the longer term, people who compete, if they can mature their psychology and if they can sort of get a handle on the rejection and if they can can focus on the positive sides that you're kind of touching on a little bit, that you do it for yourself and you do it for your work, they're still exercising every day. Mm -hmm. They're still training hard. You know, the physiological benefits of training for most of that time are are there there must be a lot of camaraderie behind the backstage you know with all the girls is it it nice or what's the atmosphere like when you're back there are people I mean you've all gone on the same journey you're all in the same imagine up on stage it's a bit different but those few minutes before and it must be after as well you must look at each other and be like "Well, well done like you guys did well I know what it's like we're all we've all had this similar experience in our gyms in different parts of the world like what kind of what positives can you take out of it what positives can you tell people
2: um i've definitely made some friends from doing uh shows um but then i think there are a lot of people in it as i've explained for the wrong reasons and you do find those people backstage as well um and i think just same in life you kind of gravitate towards people that are similar to you so i definitely did gravitate towards people that backstage that had the same opinions on it and did it for the same reasons um I mean, it is it is incredible the amount of support that you get from people mm-hmm. um, when you do when you do a show, um, which is definitely a positive that I take from it. I mean, it is lovely to hear such um, comments leading up to a show. People, you know, sort of giving you the more motivation. I suppose mm. um, it's lovely to hear comments. It's it's exactly the same as say if I was in. Um, Doing a sprinting session with my coach, and he's shouting at me and say, and then afterwards says, "Well done, you did really mm-hmm. well." It's exactly the same thing for me. I feel um, it. It's not all bad. Yeah. If you love it, if you love the training side of things, and keeping your diet intact anyway, it's just just a slightly more extreme version.
1: Yeah. Between the uh, the shows you did, sorry, just going back to training a little bit. Um, how do you formulate your program before you start? Like, did you literally, that very first one, you think, right, I'm just going to be sitting in the gym, loads of volume and stuff, and I'll just see what I look like. And then in the preceding shows, be like, okay, I need to go a little bit bigger, so I'm going to have more volume or I'm going to go heavier. Like, how do you How do you sort of formulate your whole sort of training plan?
2: Um, my training has always been the same in, sen- in the sense that I always am trying to improve. Yeah. So I'm always trying to lift a heavier weight. I'm always trying to... Uh, Sprint faster, that sort of thing. But um, diet—I've always had a coach that does my diet. Right. Um, I have basic nutritional knowledge, but um, especially when I started, I didn't really know what I needed to do. Mm. Um, so I had a coach to help me with that. But training—just consistently trying to improve. Really.
0: Yeah, sure. So what would your training look like? Like, what would a week? Um, what would a week look like? You've got your whatever cardio, your weights. Mm-hmm. Are you doing slow tempo stuff? Are you doing, you know, power stuff? And then what does your diet look like? What does your actual meal look like that's in front of you?
2: Um, So I would usually have some protein oats for breakfast, um, some sort of carb and protein in the day, lots of vegetables, and then um, take the carbs out for the evening um, and then a couple of protein shakes in the day. Um and it was generally I think um I work better, my body works better with routine, mm-hmm. so a lot of people trick the metabolism by having carbs then not having carbs and sort of changing it up or whatever it is that they do um but i gen- generally work better with um just routine and
1: sure. and the the training
2: training um Again, I've had two coaches for all of my um, my shows. Again, it generally depends on oh, it depends on the coach. Yeah. Um, and it, for me, it was interesting learning about what they deemed as prep, and then what the other coach deemed as prep. Um, and I was up for trying new things. So um, you usually have um, low intensity cardio just to preserve muscle mass. Um, and that would be in the morning. Um, one coach said I needed to do it fasted. The other coach said I didn't need to do it fasted. Mm. And from research myself, I've found that it doesn't really make much of a difference. Um, but again, I was up for trying something different. Um, and then- So you
0: did, you did that in the morning. You, how long would you do? So you get out of bed, what time?
2: About uh, before work, so half an hour of cardio before work. So if I started at eight, probably up at five, get my cardio down for five days a week hmm okay and then leading up to the like probably two weeks out I'd then probably go for about for cardio every day
0: yeah <clears throat> yeah and it's slow steady state stuff so it's just walking it's what is it it's cycling stepper
2: slow uh, um, it's, it was easier for me to just go for a slow steady walk around the block um, just because it was more difficult to get access to a um, treadmill or right. something like that so I would just go for a walk
0: that's enough is it just going for a walk yeah outdoors? as long as
2: you keep your heart rate at um, a certain level you, I'd put loads of clothes on so i s- sweat a lot um, and then sometimes put some weights around my ankles okay. just to increase the resistance slightly
0: ok and then you're doing a weight session in the afternoon the evening so you then must come in contact or well, I suppose you're not in the gym and you're walking around the block but there must be like a community of people training for this. You know, in the gym you got to see you see the same people doing the, the cardio in the mornings. Yeah. So you suppose you develop quite a community about that. Yeah. So there's, there's those positives as well like where you you know there is it's not a completely lonely sport or lonely competition.
2: No, yeah and for sure I, I think uh, more so now um, it's becoming more popular and um, the the gym kind of becomes your home and you make a lot of friends at the gym in the process and everyone is really um, you you know motivating Mm -hmm. and you push they push you through it and you push them through it and when you're having a down day someone will always help you out you
1: know do you ever hear stories about like somebody trying to fuck somebody else up so they'll put some uh, like extra sugar in their protein shake or something like that never heard of that no sabotage yeah a little sabotage
0: but (laughs) I (laughs) was going to ask like you must see some people like, who just get it wrong. Like what's like what what's what does getting it wrong look like, before or during or after?
2: Um, I mean, I think uh, there's <laughs> it's a touchy one. Um, there's obviously my perception of people doing it wrong, um, and then like a, the general perception of people doing it wrong. I think that. Unfortunately, some people do cheat on their diet or don't do their cardio um, and then justify it in some way. Mm. It is a 100% commitment. And if you're not prepared to commit to it, then I don't think it's right for you.
0: Yeah. And the ups and downs
1: that go along with that as well. You need to be able to, you need to be a pretty secure person to do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But do you get people who have just crazy genetics and they're there cheating and just, they just they can't stage and they win the thing? Yeah, and like
2: that's passions. frustrating because I think for like, you know, someone that's just getting into it, if they see the person over there eating chocolate and they're, mm. they're prepping, that's, yeah. you know, a bit of a mind. Yeah. Because then they think that that's okay and...
0: And does that person win? Who
2: knows?
0: Yeah.
2: Maybe. If they've got great genetics,
1: then yeah. Yeah, genetics wins in the end, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe they, you just see them and chocolate, but it's not actually chocolate. It's like a little protein bar, but they've just covered it in like a Cadbury's. There yeah. you yeah. okay. These are tips yeah. to write them down next show. Mm. Start fucking some people up. <laughs> nice, yeah. So what's next then? What's
0: on the horizon for you? What are you doing at the moment?
2: Um, I am, after my last show, I am just... Training for pure enjoyment, not training for any you're show. You're going to do one more? Don't know.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Don't know. So actually last one, that has gone already. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah okay. sorry,
2: yeah. So now, just training for pure enjoyment, um, eating food that I want to, still keeping it nutritious because I always have done. I've always mm. eaten clean and healthy. Um, but at the moment, I have no plans to do another show. And... um I don't know.
1: Yeah. What's going on with the, the Adidas stuff? What's that all about?
2: Um, so I'm a running coach for Adidas. All right. Um, so I've, my background as a sprinter, but I've kind of been pushing myself over a longer distance recently just um, since I've been with Adidas. Yeah.
1: You're going to so. do the marathon.
2: I don't know
1: about a marathon. <laughs> yeah, Keith, doing it again next year.
2: Really? Round
1: two, second time around.
2: Whoa! How was the first one? Oh. Terrible. Yeah, oh. that's what everyone says. Like, oh. I'm not going to do a marathon if it everyone's the stupidest
1: ball. sport. If you start running over like 10k, ah, forget it, forget it.
0: No, I no no no. <laughs> uh, the reason why it was terrible was because it turned out to be the most frustrating experience that I've done because I
1: underprepared. Yeah, we were both ill
0: prepared. It's Absolutely. not because like. <laughs> It was painful and it was agonising, and my hips were sore, and my ankles were sore, and I just had to dig deep and struggle through. And I didn't enjoy it because that's what I went, went that's what I wanted to do it for, is to have that like battle where every day I got to go go out and run with the view that I have to run forty two k. But on the day around about 28, 29k nine k, I cramped up,
1: Really?
0: and that was it. <laughs> I was running like I'd waddle maybe 40 meters and I'd have to cramp up again, I'd stop. Quads cramped, calves cramped, specific parts of my quad, like specific fibers across my VMO on both sides cramped at the exact same time. Hamstring cramped. If I stretched my ham, if I leaned over to stretch my hamstring, my hip would cramp. everything just shut down. And the worst part of it all was that I had 11K to go. So I was walking in the sun, around about it was maybe 10 a.m. at that point maybe about 10 I thought at my fastest 10k I'm an hour away from the finish line and I have to walk mm. and it's getting hotter and of course in a place where it's one long route and you know everybody of course everybody is on the last 10k so all the distant friends and associates and like sons and yeah. daughters of this person and the students that we used to coach over here they're all
1: there and there's me walking I had two clients overtake me like, <gasps> did you God's sake God. yeah well Noah was running backwards at one stage oh yeah laughing she, in our faces yeah like she's a she's a decent because you line. cramped as well didn't you yeah I made it to 33 and then my left uh, ITB band just went and I was kind of hobbling and limping and you know like I overtaken by the diabetics and the blind <laughs> and a the disabled. zombies yeah
0: Because <laughs> we did were you
1: do it? in Dubai oh, okay. so we did it and
0: um, it's in January. So a lot of the prep is sort of winter time, but it's Mm -hmm. still hot. Mm -hmm. And when you have to set aside two hours of your day to go for a run, it's, it's not easy to find that sort of time. So that's where I fell down. Like when I'd go for a run, I'd go for a 20, 25 K run, but it was only once a week. And then I wouldn't get the shorter runs in. Mm -hmm. So I just told if I just keep pounding, pounding, pounding this, this maximal distance up over the weeks, I should be okay. If I can get to like, 26 27k I'll be able to push out the last 15k which was really wrong but on the day we started running together and I had the, my app in and we were sort of keeping up with the crowd and I remember saying to Matt we're going too fast because the as the, as the k's are ticking by this Nike app in my ear is telling me like 529 per kilometer I'm like this is too fast mm-hmm. we need to slow down so we slowed down quite a lot mm-hmm loads of people took off passes and I was feeling absolutely amazing we go all the way down Beach Road which is really boring you do a U-turn and then you come all the way back up the road you've just ran so the whole way you've got shops on your right you've got a railing and palm trees on your left for the entire marathon but then somewhere around 29k I just I hit this weird stumble on the ground I just kind of missed the stride and I put my foot out to the side to catch me and my hamstring just twitched I was like oh that wasn't good so we kept going for a bit Matt and I and then I don't know why I was like, right, let's stop and stretch, which was the mistake. Mm-hmm. So then we stopped, had a little stretch, or oh, a little bit more cramp, ran on a little bit, and we got a couple, We got maybe another K out, of it, stopped again, another K. But then Matt kept going. I stopped to stretch my calves on the curb, and Matt kept going. I was like, Matt, why didn't you, why didn't you wait for me? <laughs> so I couldn't, I so was cramping up by that stage. He's like, okay, this is the problem. So I'm Matt ran on about wait. 500 meters, and I started running again, and for about 4K, he was 500 meters ahead, 600 meters, 700 meters. And I was like, why isn't he waiting for me? This is so boring. So then I was trying to, I couldn't catch him. I couldn't speed up. And he was in better nick than me. So he kept going and he kept going. And I had to stop. And I cramped him. It ended up being, I thought Matt had like made it all the way to the end. Just a few stop starts. It turns out Matt was like four minutes ahead of me. Yeah. So he's four minutes up the road for maybe an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody had packed up by this stage. Uh-oh. Everyone gone home and stuff. We yeah. were just there, like, crawling. And then on the other side of the street, the 4K had started. Right. So the 4K sets off at about 10 a.m. with all the moms and the, the kind of the, the, the kids and the minors. So we're coming down on the marathon side beside all these happy people like this. <laughs> and we're walking. Sounds and they're walking because they're just moms yeah. and kids doing it. I was like, this yeah. is the most frustrating. And I've got a friend... Chris and I have an old housemate from the UK who broke his neck playing rugby and he's now in a wheelchair and I remember just thinking like I feel so bad that I took this for granted like, like that's what I could think was, it was him just not being able to do anything like this ever again and I was just like I fucking just really under I've taken this for granted so much that if I, I, if I ever do this again I'll make sure there's a lot of money on the line that I have to finish it jogging like I have to get because that was the objective I don't don't mind what time we did that's not important I just didn't want to stop and walk at all so potentially we haven't registered registration I think is in August is that right August time it was not sure it was sometime around August I think when we registered and we were one of the earlier ones the two it was two marathons ago so yeah give it a go I'm
2: not entirely sure about that
0: you just have to but prepare for it. That's all.
2: It starts quite late, doesn't it? And then it just gets really hot.
0: Oh, uh, like mean, it's six a.m. We were we were crossing the finish line, and it was dark still. Uh, like to begin with, like oh. we, were, we were crossing the start line, rather oh, sorry. Okay. And it was dark, but then like just around the corner, mm. it was starting to get bright. Mm. Um, look, it's just a preparation, like mm. you just said, with your thing with with, with the com- competition on the day. <laughs> It's, it's a hard thing that you get found out if you're underprepared prepared for it mm-hmm. what I wanted was to be able to like to run and to like feel the pain feel the, this feel that and just struggle through it and just have that mental battle
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then be able to say oh, I did it and this was the time never do it again but because we just failed just an absolute flop.
2: So in your training, you got to 25K, did you About
0: say? 25, 26K, mm-hmm. and very close to the actual event. Like it wasn't even that that's what we, I was doing week after week after week. That I just worked up to that, and maybe a couple of short, maybe one short run and then one big run. But I remember thinking like, I'm going to have to get lucky on this. And then the first 30K was amazing. I remember feeling great, like just smooth. The that the stiff ankle wasn't there the weird pain and the, my hip wasn't
1: there like it was just and then just cramp mm, yeah you're walking mm. well, what are you doing with the, the Adidas so it's a running their running club right
2: yeah um, Adidas runners Dubai yeah. and I'm one of three coaches of it so we do different uh, variations we'll do a sprint session um, a tempo session a social run. So it's a slightly longer one and um, we actually do yoga classes as well.
1: Nice. And where's that happening?
2: Um, so we're all over the place. We're um, uh, mobile. So we're at Burge Park on Mondays. Um, Tuesdays we're in the marina and Wednesdays we're in the marina as well.
1: Right. And what sort of distances are you covering?
2: Um, we always warm up with at least the two and a half K. Mm. Um, then the sprint session, it stays at that. But on the social run and the temporary one probably running near 8k right
0: um,
2: but like we do have um, the lesser version of that so on the when we do the 8k we have a 4k mm. um, but the idea is that we just want to get everyone involved like if you've not even run a kilometre come sure. along we've had people that can't couldn't even finish a kilometre that are now running 10ks for fun that's so cool it's really cool it's lovely to bring someone through yeah. that process
0: At this t- are you doing it this time of year still in the heat?
2: yep I'm actually taking two of the girls from the club, one being um, one of the girls that couldn't run a kilometre, mm. to Berlin at the end of July to run a 10k. Nice. So, yeah, it be fun.
1: Yeah, we'll have to get down there for marathon prep. Yes. Start earlier this time. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm trying to do Can't 5k run. a week. I have not run for ages. I'm trying to do... Somebody four. stole my shoes. <laughs> my trainers. <laughs> <And you laughs> not, not an excuse? Yeah, that's not what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, no. What are you,
0: living in third world go yeah. to the shop and buy a new
1: pair uh, what are you wearing now uh, well no socks but just my little crossfishes. shoes can in those would you go to the shop and buy more I know I it did it's been um, my excuse for a while now <laughs> my shoes can't do it, sorry <laughs> well I've, who's stealing
0: shoes as well but yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know <laughs> left them in change they change there when I went back somebody's wearing your, that's gross um, yeah I've been trying to do 5k a week just outside from, yeah mm. just from a matter of Time management discipline, so I don't end up doing it in the middle of the day. And if I don't manage my time well enough, I have to do it at some point in the middle of the day. This Is every day. Every No, once a week. Not no, every once day. A week. Once sure. a week. So last week, I actually did two um, because I had it was each. I had enough time to do mm. two. I haven't got out this week, so it's going to be... A, Just on Kite Beach? I did two on Kite Beach last week, but here I, I run just around this local area you've got the
2: pond as well haven't
0: you yeah the parks down the road that's that's easy um and then the problem is after you just don't stop sweating the run is difficult because it's like i'm hot but i'm not putting myself under any pressure it's just walk if i have to walk i'll walk like i'm not trying to get on get a time but uh it's after you're just so hot like your core is just pumping heat I don't know how to cool down when you because Kite Beach was one thing but when I stopped I couldn't get in the shower straight away I had to get into my car turn on all the air conditioning and just like sit there just yeah. just trying to let the cold hit me yeah so I don't think I'll be doing that one again for a couple of months but um
1: yeah it's good I mean I I sort of think we should do it again I'm gonna yeah I mean half my class I want to do it now so I got to the full marathon yeah
2: we'll be um doing a um Program for the marathon leading up to it.
1: Really so, yeah,
2: you should come back yeah, we'll, the just we'll bring
1: the girlies down. Yeah. yeah we'll figure definitely. something
2: out.
0: Okay, cool. Well, uh, where can people find you if they want to link up with you, check out your Instagram, anything like that? What's your, your details?
2: Instagram, Sophie Whole Fit. Um, that's all well, Social.
1: That's the best place. Yeah, and then, really. what about the Adidas one. How do people sign up for that?
2: So, either on Sophie Fit, I have a link in my buy. You can just sign up and register all free. Just need to put your name and number down. Um, or I Runners that us to buy on Instagram.
0: Okay, cool. All right, well, uh, good luck with all that. We, if we do end up doing the marathon, we'll maybe have, we'll maybe have you back <laughs> on again and we'll talk about <laughs> that. But only if you do it as well. Oh, That's God. Pressure good pressure. Now.
1: pressure. <sighs> okay, all right, cheers, Sophie. We'll see you again. Cool. See ya. Cheers, bye.